March 20th, 1775, the Second Virginia Convention convened at St. John's Church in Richmond, Virginia. They had gathered together to discuss how to deal with the tyranny and the oppression of Great Britain and King George III. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. But this is also the government of people. I've made a statement many, many years, for many, many years, and this is a a very true statement, I believe. America was the great bastion of morals in the world. Now, we weren't the only, but because America was founded on God's Word, founded on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the morals that the Scriptures advocate became a foundation of our country. The government should be upon His shoulder. And then look what it says. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Last week I taught on patience. And I believe that we lack great peace because we lack great patience. Because we live in a very impatient world. And then I want to take you on. Of the increase of whose government? His government and peace, there shall be no end. The picture upon the the throne of David, upon his kingdom, talking about a man after God's own heart. When it talks about on the throne of David and and, uh, uh, Jesus coming out of the lineage, there was a relationship that David had with his God that he could stand up before giants and say, who are you to come against the Lord our God? And when all the people were cowering down, the army of Israel on the hillside, the Philistines on the other side, Goliath right in the middle, everyone's cowering down. David looked around them and said, guys, is there not a cause? Ladies and gentlemen, the cause of this great nation used to be Jesus Christ. His government, His word, His guidance, His direction. I think we've strayed. 
to order it, the Scripture continues, to establish it with judgment and justice henceforth and forever. Whose justice? Whose judgment? God's. This, when you read through the Founding Fathers, when you read through the Declaration of Independence, when you read through all the documents that established this great nation, you know what the foundation you find woven through as a scarlet thread from beginning to end? You see the Word of God attached to the blood of Christ, the only hope of mankind. And when we detour from His government, His judgment, His justice, this is that Bible that I'm holding up. This is all of those. When we detour from that, we are on a highway of catastrophe and disaster. But God said, look at this. The people who will understand this, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it all. I want you to watch this video that Bob has gotten for us and, and think about a question that I'm posing this morning. Are you independent or are you free? Bob? This started with an idea. Somehow, if we were given the opportunity, we could become more. If given the place and the time, we could build a nation where everyone could become more. We prayed for favor. We believed that out of many, we could become one. Though America was never simple, our nation did not give in or give up. We crawled, strived for dreams and freedoms we believed in, fought to hold hands as we learned to stand on our own. We are brothers and sisters. Our dreams are not dimmed by our tears. We have stumbled, will not fall. It began with the idea that beliefs should not be dictated. Freedom was to be shared. Worship was the right of the individual, not the responsibility of the government. All of these things were self-evident. We knew it in our hearts. They were inalienable for everyone, endowed by our Creator, God-given. On this day, we remember freedom, and we thank the God who provided it. May God bless America. Today's message is going to be a little bit educational, historical, but it's going to be very biblical, very foundational. I start in your notes, if you have them in front of you, with a question. Freedom. Freedom. Longed for in the nations, coveted in the world, established in America. The past has a very interesting ability to be part of the present. And yesterday is something that we can run from or something we can learn from. I, I've told people many, many times over the years is, you know, I come from a family of 10 kids. 
Plus, mom and dad, and I, I remember many times growing up, I know what the bad side of the track is like. Have you ever tried to put seven boys, three girls, and mom and dad in a two-bedroom house that was about 600 square feet? Oh, we lived in those kind of conditions many times. I lived in conditions growing up, folks, when the only bathroom we had was 500 feet behind the house. Daytime, nighttime, anytime. I could get real poignant here and give you some directives as we went into inside plumbing, but it would not be pretty. I know what both sides of the tracks looks like. I, I know what coming from the, 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 the lap of squalor, if you will, though my mom and dad always made sure that we had shoes on our feet and clothes on our back and, and maybe we didn't have the, 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 the most transportation, the best this or the best that. We always got by. So I make this statement and I make it very, very uh, straightforward without, without apology. You can blame anybody for where you were born. You can blame anybody for where you are raised. But you can't blame anybody for how you live. Folks, America, nor any place in the world, is entitlement society. And if we think somebody owes us, the first thing we need to do is get saved. Because that's a mindset that says, because of my color, because of my race, because of my upbringing, because of this, fill in the blank, that somebody should take care of me. Well, my Bible's very clear. If a man won't work, he shouldn't even eat. That would be a great dietary program for many people. Get them working. We have to learn from our past. Most people choose to run and hide from it, yet in all things, if you don't th learn from the past, it has the tendency to repeat itself, and all we do is fall into the same traps over and over and over. I fear that's what our young country is doing. Reliving a past that it should have learned long ago from. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the reason America was settled in the first place is that it could literally become one nation under God. Now, I know some would sit here and they would say, well, pastor, that wasn't even added until a hundred plus years later, almost 200 years later. Right, 1954, Dwight Eisenhower added the words under God to the pledge. Do you know why he added the words under God? Is because socialism was trying to work its way into America. Go read the history. That's one of the sad things about the church and about Americans and about everybody. They don't have a clue what the history is. This revised stuff they have today that does away with all the things. Good, bad, right, or wrong, folks. We all have a foundation. How many ever, just be honest, and I want everybody to participate. How many have ever done something stupid in their life? Praise the Lord. We got hands and feet going up some places. I'd have to be dancing for an hour. I've done so many, you know. And I'm talking about just today. Folks, people do. And even people trying to do right still do wrong. It's not a, it's not a, a pass, but it's just a reality. 
in the 50s, America, this great experiment was trying with an influx of the world. Folks, can I tell you something? I want to quote Margaret Thatcher. Like I said, this is going to be a little bit educational. It's going to be historical, but it's going to be very biblical. She said, socialism is wonderful until, until, you, run out of every, until you run out of everybody else's money. Because that's what socialism is all about. Somebody else taking care of you only because you don't want to take care of yourself. I just started, Pastor Ray. Work with me. Fourth of July, the weekend. It's wonderful, Margaret Thatcher said, until you run out of everybody else's money. Then who takes care of you? You know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the political side of it too much, but I was amazing in this last political campaign how everybody's talking about how we're going to give you free college. We're going to give you free food. We're going to give you free phones. We're going to give you free, 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 free. Who's paying for it? Folks, the reality, freedom isn't free. We're in the land of the free because of the brave, because of many in this place who have been brave. When our founding fathers decided to risk limb and life for this grand experiment called America, they did not know what they wanted, but they did know what they did not want, and they did not want tyranny. They did not want a government dictating everything we could or couldn't do. They didn't want taxation without representation. We remember the Boston Tea Party, okay? And I don't think it's the same Tea Party they had last year, but it's a different Tea Party. They didn't want an absentee landlord. And I wrote all this stuff down, so I want to make sure I don't, I don't miss it. That an ocean away running their lives. You know what they wanted? They wanted freedom. They wanted freedom. And probably nobody said it better than a young Christian that we might know if we know our history by the name of Patrick Henry. March 20th, 1775, the Second Virginia Convention convened at St. John's Church in Richmond, Virginia. They had gathered together to discuss how to deal with the tyranny and the oppression of Great Britain and King George III. On March 22nd, Patrick Henry is listening to all the conversations, and he's listening to all the diatribe and all the dialogue and all the stuff going on. And he stood to his feet and he uttered words that would become the spark and light the fires of freedom that have burned lightly, light, uh, brightly until this day, some 230 years later. And this is what Patrick Henry said. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Give me freedom. One of my favorite movies that I've watched over the years was called Amistad. Maybe you've seen it. If you don't, I I recommend it. It was about the slave trade from Africa and how horrific and horrendous it was. And it actually answers a lot of of, uh, questions. 
about who were really responsible for much of it and who was really responsible for the freedom from it. And sadly, it's not what the political system would want you to believe today. There's a document that I'm going to use today. It's not in your notes. It's not in your notes. No, it's not. And it's not on the screen. But it's the document that we have named the separation of church and state. And I can venture to say the majority of the people in this room believe that is a legitimate document. Matter of fact, statistically, there's over almost 80% of the Americans, Christians included, that believe the separation of church and state is a legal document. But it's not. It was a one-line statement made in a letter that the political system has turned into law. The First Amendment separating church and state, I want you to hear this, was not written to make the state safe from the church, but rather to keep the church safe from the state. Thomas Jefferson, who was a member of the... Uh, of the uh, Danbury Baptist Church in the 1800s said, guys, you know, we've left England because we wanted to break the tyranny that ruled out everything, including God. And he wrote this letter. He said, I contemplate with sovereign reverence, that act of the whole American people, which declared that their legislature, listen to this, should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. When you listen to the news, that's what's called the Establishment Clause and the Exercise Clause. Whenever you hear the news talking about it, they're talking about those two things all the time. Thus, Thomas Jefferson finished by writing, building a wall of separation between church and state. That's the document. That's the whole letter. That our political folks, because of what happened in 1953... There was a man by the name of, of uh, Earl Warren who became the chief justice of the Supreme Court. And Earl Warren, in what was then called the Warren Court, reinterpreted the First Amendment. Well, Pastor, what does the First Amendment say? I didn't think you would ever ask. The First Amendment says these words, Congress, say that with me, Congress, we call them the lawmakers. It says Congress, this is the First Amendment, shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. 
Once again, the establishment clause and the free exercise clause that we hear about. Okay? This is what Thomas Jefferson said. Guys, remember the First Amendment, what it says? He wrote that in the letter. Let me continue on here. Or abridging the freedom of speech or press or the right of people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for a redress and grievances. You know what the First Amendment says? Government, stay out of our business. That's what it says. What Chief Justice Earl Warren reinterpreted the First Amendment and basically said, we can get in your stuff if we want to. Today, the government can stop you from praying in school, from reading your Bible, from having the Ten Commandments in the school, or even having Christmas displays at Christmas time. Matter of fact, they don't even call it Easter anymore. They don't call it Christmas. They call it winter solstice. You know how many thousand years old the word solstice is and all these different things? You remember why Dwight Eisenhower brought the words under God into our pledge? Do you know why two years later the same president, Dwight Eisenhower, put in God we trust on our money? Because he wanted us to understand, folks, this American experiment only works because God's government, God's structure, God's plan is the overruling of everything. I hope you get excited right now. Mr. Warren's reinterpretation is quite different from what the First Amendment says. So I want to take you down here and just very quickly. And I want to look at these three thoughts. Independence. Declared. 1776. But let's look at these words that were in our Constitution. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. Where does it fit equality when you start separating people because of class, because of race, because of heritage, because of upbringing? All are created equal. Endowed by their creator. With certain unalienable, inalienable rights, folks, these are words in our Constitution Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And then it goes on to say prudence should be our cause. That word prudence is just a fancy word that means careful, cautious, sensible, wise. Has anybody noticed how uncommon common sense is anymore? Prudence will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light or transient causes. Freedom has always been with great cost and, might I add, great difficulty. Why? Because there's generally somebody 
opposed to it. Why? Your freedom takes away from their bottom line. My freedom takes away from their ability to dictate what I can and cannot do. My freedom. Folks, I'm not talking about independence. There's a world of difference. If I was to ask most of you all, you want to be independent. But let me step in really quick and tell you, the Bible does not teach independence. Satan teaches independence. The Bible teaches freedom. The Bible teaches that we need to be dependent. The government is upon his shoulder. Can somebody say amen? I'm going to skip a little bit because all I'm going to do is go over all the messes that we've made in America and the world trying to get our independence. You know, like the War of 1812, the Revolutionary War, the, the uh, Mexican-American War, the Civil War. Man in war, man in war, man in war, man in war. Why? For freedom? No. Independence. See, some think freedom is a right. Freedom is actually a privilege. Are you okay out there? Freedom is actually a privilege. We have the freedom in this country to burn the American flag. You know how many hundreds of thousands of people died for you to be able to burn your country's flag? Now, don't do, don't do it around me. <laughs> I'd be one of those guys on the television. You see that preacher, what he did? Oh, yeah. Hey, praise the Lord. Freedom is a privilege. See, the Declaration of Independence, it recorded these words. Listen to it. Man endowed by their creator. Endowed by their creator. I said the Constitution earlier. I'm sorry. It's a declaration. Man endowed. Who gives us freedom? The Bible says it this way. Who the Son sets free is free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. So let's go on from independence to liberation. Liberation, not liberty, was proclaimed. We ended the Civil War. And what the war began about was slavery. But the slaves still weren't free. You know when it all happened? Almost a hundred years later. 1963. A document was signed called the Emancipation Proclamation. What for? Independence? No, no, no. For freedom. But did it really promote freedom? The marchers today don't say it promoted freedom. I have rights. 
That's independence, folks. That's not freedom. Well, you did this, and I, yo, come on, you need all, you owe me. The folks, that's independence. That's not freedom. Are you all okay out there? Say, what do I preach on Independence Day weekend? What better than preach is freedom? You see, anytime I think you owe me, I'm saying, I'm an independent person. Bless God, you better take care of me. Folks, that means you're in bondage to somebody else. Who the sun sets free. 1863, during the Civil War, President Lincoln signed signed a bill pronouncing freedom for all the blacks living in the United States. Didn't happen. Once again, mankind attempting to delegate freedom only to have it overthrown by the majority and keeping people in bondage. You see, whenever the majority can rule, you'll always be in bondage. Our God-given inalienable rights have again been superimposed by man's lack of prudence. Remember that word that was in our declaration? That careful, cautious, sensible, wise directive. Why? Because we've taken God out of the equation. We've taken the moral standards and the moral base and the moral foundation of God. And we've turned moral rule to majority rule. Can I tell you about the majority? It was the majority, I'm getting back into history, education. It was the majority that cut off the ears of John Penn when he advocated liberty of the press. It was the majority that jeered Columbus for saying the world was round. It was the majority that threw him into a a dungeon when he discovered a new world. It was the majority that established slavery and its continuance. It was the majority that burned Christians at the stake. And ladies and gentlemen, I might add, it was the majority that sent Jesus Christ to be crucified on the cross. Are we looking for freedom? Are we looking for independence? Are we looking for our rights? The ability to do what we want, when we want, how we want, why we want. Folks, that's not freedom. Freedom has a structure. Freedom has a foundation. Freedom has a a moral compass. Can I tell you, just because you're lost doesn't mean your compass is broke. Just because you're not following Christ doesn't mean he hasn't laid out a clear path. Just because everything's falling apart doesn't mean that he didn't give you a great foundation. Freedom. Independence. It's on your screen. Independence is the demanding of rights. While freedom is the granting of liberty. Second Corinthians three seventeen tells us this. Let me quickly wrap this up. Number three in your notes, because this is where I want to emphasize 
everything that we have. Because everything up to this point is all man-dictated, is all man-governed, is all man-controlled, and government-controlled, and government-dictated, and societal uh, uh, ordinances, and so on and so forth. But where I'm going right now, I'm going to give you the true purpose, plan, pursuit, and passion. It's called freedom. And it was established, too, with the Great War. But, folks, it wasn't a war on earth. It was a war between heaven and hell. It was a battle of the ages where the angels of God fought the angels of hell. And the battle raged. Oh, we see the last moments the three days of Calvary. But folks, that battle was raging from the moment Jesus was born. Let me take you back historically, educationally. Jesus was born. The wise men came to find him, and they came to the king, King Herod. Benevolent soul was he. Oh, please tell me where he is born so I can come and worship him. And then we find the true was he wanted to destroy him. You see, folks, if you can kill a baby, you don't have to deal with a man. If when you first give your life to Christ, if the devil can steal that from you, as the Word of God says, the, the, the uh, four different soils that was there, the Word of God comes and falls on, on uh, stony ground and on, on uh, uh, hard ground, and it falls on uh, good ground, it falls on the, wheat, the, the different weed grounds. The devil's always got that battle. 2,000 years ago at the birth of Christ, the devil's trying to kill him. We don't see much about him until 12 years old now. And he's standing around the religious people of the day. Where'd this boy get these smarts at? Man, he's talking to the learned people, educating the educated. Can I tell you something? You want to get educated? Put your other books away and get this book out. I get people all the time, they send me stuff, and please, you can send them, don't worry about it. I, I glance through it, and I read it, and if it's, you know, if, folks, this is the book I read. I can't help you with philosophy. I can't help you with all the different things. I've got degrees that I've went to school for. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I got a, a bachelor's, a master's, a doctorate. I, I was $3,000 short of a, of a Ph.D. Say, Pastor, $3,000. Oh, I was in school for a long time for that stupid thing. And then I got, you know, I had my doctor's degree. And, and no, please, do not call me Dr. Masters. That, you know, no. Pastor is just fine. So I, I get these, all these degrees, and I, I you know, I, they want me to send them another 3000 bucks. My dissertation is all ready. Everything is ready to go. Uh, $3,000. I'm done. So I never got my PhD. Y'all still love me? Okay, good. And so I, I didn't get that. And they said, well, you need to come and at least walk down the, the graduating road for your doctorate. And I said, I, I pastor a church. Do you, do you mind if I stay here and do my work? Well, yeah, but you'll do a lot better with that. Folks, before I ever tried for a PhD, I had G-O-D, and that was good enough. You know, I was pastoring for five years before I ever went to Bible school. 
And all these years later, people, people come to church and, and in all my offices, they said, well, Pastor, where's your degrees at? They usually hang in the most important place of my office, behind my door. And the door is always open. <laughs> you see, educationally, Jesus was continually educating him because he is the word. He was the word. And in your life, his word can change everything about what you're dealing with. The government, Isaiah 9 will be upon his shoulder, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. Yet in this government, as in all others, there were conflicts. The devil tried to destroy him from that moment on. And we find that he finally had his way in a place called Calvary. You notice I didn't say the devil finally destroyed him? Because he didn't. He ultimately destroyed himself because three days later, a stone was rolled away. See, 33 A.D., freedom was established. This conflict was not unlike 76 or 63 or 64 back then as it still is today. There is a conflict between independence and freedom. And I want you to look at me quickly. Whenever it's about your rights, it's not freedom. It's independence. What do you mean? 33 A.D., Jesus nailed his rights to a cross. And he said, you're supposed to do the same. Oh, bless God, you don't understand what I've been through. Don't give a flip. I know what he went through. Well, that's very uncaring of you. Please forgive me. I know what he went through so you and I could be free. And then at the end of it, he even looked into the future and he said, guys, I know you're going to do some of those stupid things. Remember, I asked her to raise your hand. Go ahead and raise your hand again if you've done stupid things. See, he, he, he even clarified that. He said, Father, forgive them. They ain't got a clue. That's Tyler, Texas lingo. <laughs> Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's why God always wants us to run back to him. You see, ladies and gentlemen, man wants independence. Look on the screen. Look in your notes. When you say, I want independence, what you're literally saying is, I want independence from God's rule, from God's ethics, from God's order. I want freedom from God reigning in my life. Because you see, independence, a lot of times, will be contrary to God's word. But you know what happened in AD 33? God gave man the freedom he wanted. You know what he did? He gave you freedom of choice. And that choice still remains today. Will you be independent? Bless God, I got it together. Yeah, God, yeah, you're with me. Come on, let's go. Or will you be free? God, you got it together. Thank you that I have the privilege of coming into your family. 
Dependence on independence is what makes sin possible. Being our self-made man, a self-made woman. When I become dependent on my rights and my independence, I now make sin possible. Freedom of choice is what allows sin to reign. That happened in the garden. God didn't put a fence around the tree. He said, guys, you got to take care of the whole garden. Just don't eat of that tree. Now, remember when Adam and Eve, when Eve was there and, and God was speaking to Eve after the fall? So what'd you do? Well, you know, the serpent over here, you know, he, he reminded me that you said, don't eat and don't touch that tree. Where did God say don't touch the tree? You see, that's what independence does. Oh, bless God, I have rights. I should be able to touch anything. I should be able to do anything. I should. No, well, God told me not to touch it. Well, God didn't tell us not to touch. You want to you grab sin? God, go for it. God says, okay, if that's what you want. It's a choice. See, the devil lies and said, God has you all bound up in all this stuff. God said, just don't eat that stuff. Don't eat that thing. And then all of a sudden, the whole picture came down to what it was. It was all about rights. How do you say that? Don't you remember? God said, what happened? Eve blamed the snake. Adam blamed Eve. And then they both ultimately said, God, it's really your fault. So that's what rights do. Always blame something. Freedom says, no. I'm free to make my own choices. And God, I choose to live free in you. Isaiah 9, 6 says, the government will be upon his shoulders. Christianity, Ralph Ing said, promises to make men free. It never promises to make people independent. In the garden, God said, okay, here you go. Here's your independence. I give you the world. And then 4,000 years later, at Calvary, God said, I'd prefer to set you free. I give you my son. You choose. As the worship team comes, what are you fighting for? You see, outside of God, church, there is no life, liberty, or even chance of happiness. For only in Christ can evil hearts be made pure and selfish lives be made free. It is possible, or excuse me, is it possible that through our independence, we have forgotten our freedom? All power in heaven and earth was given to Jesus, and he said, I give it to you. Because we have to understand, whenever God touches sin, 
Whenever God touches your life or my life in an area of sin, you know what? Generally, it's my independent nature that has been touched. I don't have to go to church. But you ever notice that when you stop going to church, how much easier it gets to stop going to church? You ever notice when you turn away from God, how much easier it is to turn away from God? Why, I'm saved. I got it together. I'm doing okay. Are you? I learned a long time ago that freedom is the ability I have not to insist on my rights. You know how many times my wife and I in pastoring have been wronged for no reason? You know how many times you as a Christian have been wronged for no reason? Remember those stupid things that we do? Folks, I look in the mirror every day and ask you, is it me or is it stupid? Don't one the two. And I do stupid well. I don't admit to that only because I'm happy about it. I just know this flesh. You see, freedom is not the ability to insist on my rights. What it really is, folks, is my heart that says, God, I want you to get yours. Are you independent or are you free? Are you the one that always has to be right? Are you the one that always has to win? Are you always the one that has to tear someone else down to build yourself up? See, there's a big difference between independence and freedom. America truly was founded on freedom. But just as soon as the world's government system started getting in the way, independence began to take over. Fourth of July, Independence Day. Or was it really the day of our freedom? And it was all by reason of this. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. I once was lost. I was once independent, but now I'm found. I'm free. I was blind in my independence, but in my freedom I've been set free to see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. I wonder if we could stand to our feet. Grace my fears 
I have read no place in this book that says the wrongs they did to Jesus was righted. He was treated like a criminal, like a slave, like the reproach of mankind, and yet he still said, Father, forgive. Please listen to me today. If you're a person that holds resentments, bitterness, unforgiveness. If narcissism has become a way of life instead of a weakness, you're a lot more independent than you are free. Folks, I promise you, you want perfection you better find new pastors because my wife and I, well, I'll say I am far from that. I definitely married outside my class. By the way, if you're looking for perfection, why don't you go find yourself a pine box and ask somebody to nail you in it? Because you're not going to make it either. That's why Jesus died. To set us free. And as long as it's about rights, as long as it's about what they've wronged, as long as it's about what I was, you'll have no hope of what you can be. Because what is, is a life of what was. Who the Son sets free. I encourage you. Tuesday, there's going to be fireworks. I guess if they allow it, they may not because of the fires that are going on and stuff. Monday. What is it? Monday night. Monday? No, today's the second. Monday night. Night before. There's going to be fireworks this week. <laughs> if I don't shut up real quick, there might be fireworks before we get out of this room. When you see those shoot up, you know, 
I love this country. And I, I always have to ask, if you didn't come here, if you're from someplace else and you didn't come here to become an American, what the heck did you come here for? Is it okay if I just be straight? <laughs> the American dream. You've got to become an American to partake in. I'm very sad that it's not the same dream that I drew up with because things have changed. But when you look at those fireworks, you think about Independence Day. I want you to get into this book. And I want you to find yourself in John 8 and read that passage, Who the Son Sets Free is free. And realize that it's attached in front and behind with the very simple words, if you abide in me, you'll know my truth and the truth will set you free. And that's the one that is free. Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your word. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.